0: All right, so I'm going to start out and just give you guys a quick overview of uh, what this last year has looked like for us. Um, we had originally planned on going on a missions trip to, to Spain, and I believe that we had we had shared that with you in the spring. Um, but while we were planning for that, um, this opportunity to go to Nepal came up, and for those of you that don't know, that's, that's actually where I grew up. I'm from Nepal. And so I, man, I really, really wanted to go to Nepal, but I'd already been, uh, I'd already committed to going to Spain. Anyways, the the trip to Spain ended up falling through. God kind of worked several things out and made it clear that that I was actually supposed to go to Nepal, um, which which was awesome for me. Um, I didn't get to go to the exact area that I grew up in. So I grew up up here. I guess green doesn't show up on that screen. Okay, I grew up in the northwest corner of of Nepal, kind of up by the Tibet border, and um, and so we ended up going down to the the south uh, or to the the northeast corner of, of Nepal, um, but it's still the same language, still the same people, um, and I just it was it was a really great trip. We did a lot of uh, discipleship training. So, kind of teaching them how to spread the gospel, uh, in their communities. Um, this was our, our group. um, um I guess you don't, you guys don't know most of these. The guy all the way on the right hand side has an organization called Unusual Soldiers. Um, he goes into kind of dark areas of the world that are, do a lot of covert mission type of stuff and so he's actually the one that organized the trip and uh the rest of us went on it. Uh, the guy uh second from the right is a is a businessman from California. Uh he came up with some ideas. He's coming up with some ideas on how to uh kind of improve the living quality um in in Nepal. Um if you ever wonder what people are like in other countries, uh the guy third from the right is is what a uh probably a tall Nepali looks like. OK, so I'm I'm five, seven and he's what, two, three inches shorter than I am. Um, there are very small people um, uh, beside him is is Ryan in the blue uh, dark in the blue T-shirt. He's a young guy. Uh He has he has been to Nepal several times. He just has a passion for Nepal. Um, and it actually looks like they might be going back there in the spring. Um the the guy second from the left his name's Lance uh, he is actually a special forces guy he's he's been in the military for 30 40 years done a lot of undercover work he's he's the real deal um but he he has done a bunch of work in Africa and um so he came along to kind of help with some of the things that we were working on there um we did a lot of prayer time just praying over the pastors praying over the church leaders encouraging them Um, we were up, like I said, we were way up in the mountains and this is kind of, kind of what one of the very large villages look like. A lot of the villages we went to were very small. This is, this is the biggest one that we went to. So there's a guy who has an awesome name. His name's Asher. Um, he's, he, uh, he's a school teacher. He, he plays on the, the church, church band. Um, but he's not. He's not necessarily a, he's not a pastor, he's not an elder, he's not a deacon. But he had a passion to to gather the churches in their area together to do a discipleship training. And the churches have been very divided in that area. And this guy mobilized 80 churches to each send at least one representative to this conference. So we have over a hundred leaders here that we, that we were meeting with. And, and I just, I want that to be an encouragement to you. You don't have to have a leadership position to make a difference. Uh, we did an eye clinic. Uh, here you can see Lance on the, on the left. He's, he's the guy that's, uh, that's been doing work in Africa and stuff. He actually came up, he, he brought this, um, this idea to us. Um, we had a kit that we could make glasses. We could we could test people's eyesight, and they look. You can kind of see. It looks kind of like a petri dish, and it has a knob on the side, and it it goes up and down. And based on where it is on that scale, you can kind of tell what a person's uh, script is so the higher the you know the higher up it is the the higher the script the lower it is the lower the script and so you can you can you can adjust the script and they'll have something on the wall that they're reading and based on where it gets the most clear you can say okay this is you know this isn't your exact script but this is pretty close and then you can do that for both eyes and then we had lenses that we could pop into frames So pre, pre pre-made lenses, uh, with, you know, a variety of different prescriptions. And then we would just pop them into frames and people would, would, would have a set of, of glasses that were functional. Um, we did a prayer station with them where we would, we would pray over them if they had any needs. Um, but, uh, here's a, here's an elderly lady, um, my guess would be probably upper eighties early nineties um, that uh, that couldn 't even read the top line like on you know th- those big big letters she couldn 't even read the top line, and by the time we got her glasses, she could read four layer four lines down It was really really cool uh the guy in the uh, red suede jacket there is actually the pastor of that area it's he's he's had some uh this is uh asher's pastor um so um we provided childcare. <laughs> this was actually a lot of fun just playing with the kids and hanging out with them as well um Another thing that we did, and we this is several different villages uh we went up to one village i I actually didn't add pictures, but uh we went to a real, the mo the furthest village that had uh well we went to the the end of the road where the road stopped and then we walked further to the to the to the last church that we could get to uh be, uh short of the tibet border and um uh visited with the pastor up there and and one of his friends had just just been shot for, for being a Christian. And so we kind of encouraged him and, and talked with him about, um, you know, how has your, your friend being shot and killed, how has that affected your life and your ministry? And I mean, he's obviously misses his friend, but he said, nothing's changed. We're, we're still going forward. Um, so we, uh, we thought we were just going to go hang out with him, but he wanted to do a church service, so we did a we did a did a quick church service with him. They kind of called people from the community, and then we rushed down the hill to do another church service with another pastor. But um, so this picture actually is in a in a completely different area of Nepal. We kind of went up to the north uh, central area uh that was really devastated by the landslides um i don't know if you guys know any of the history of nepal there were some some massive earthquakes uh so the the China, the, the indian continent is going under the chinese continent the plates are moving and so nepal is getting higher it, it gets 2 inches higher every year um causes a lot of earthquakes and there were some massive massive earthquakes just a few years ago that just leveled the country and um, anyways, we went up into that that area to to work with people. Um, it's very remote, and so they do have a central church that people will often come come into. But there are some people that are that are homebound, or they're just too far away to make it. And so what we did is we went to their houses and did church with them in their house. And so we would take a guitar player and we would share a message and, 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 that kind of a thing. And so this is, this is one of the houses. This is one of the nicer houses actually that, that we went to, to go, to go do a church service in. This was probably the highlight of, of my trip. Um, we went up to a high mountain village of, um, they have a cast system, which is, like racism, um, but it's it's been there for thousands of years. And this cast of people are called untouchables. And the name kind of says that it says it all, nobody's allowed to touch them. If they touch you, you become dirty. And so they have this stigma on them that they they live with. Um, and we got to do church with them. It was it was really, really cool. So after that, um, in the in the summer, our summer, we went to Bolivia, which is Bolivia's winter because they're Southern Hemisphere. Uh, Amy, Amy was able to go with me on this trip, and I, I don't know if you ever wonder, like, what do people eat in other countries? And I, I have lots of pictures, but I just pulled one out, and I don't know, I don't don't know if you can really see, but there's a little bit of hominy there. There's a a potato a wedge of lemon. And then there are whole crabs like this size, you know, little crabs about the size of your thumb, thumb thumbnail. And there are little fish just fried whole. That was, that was one of the meals that, that we got to eat. It's kind of interesting special meals. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the thing with Bolivia is they, they like meat. And so almost all of their meals is like steak and chicken and stuff, which is really good the first two days. But when you go visiting people and you get the same meal over, and I think there was seven meals we had in a row that were absolutely identical. Like every part of the meal was identical, seven meals in a row. And it just, I mean, it's, it's good food and they're, they're being hospitable, but, uh, It's challenging sometimes. (laughs) Uh, If you ever wonder how we get around, this is, so this is just the back end of the taxi. That's the back seat with five people in it. Okay. So just picture the same thing in the front of the taxi. Okay. Um, if you ever wonder what the church services are like, so this is uh, you see kind of this is a big church actually so so most of the churches are not going to be like this but this is one of the big churches they have a band up front but then they have they have um dancing girls has a connotation in English that I'm not trying to put across but the uh, 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 worship leaders worship dancing worship leaders they'll have banners and they'll have tambourines and they will um they'll dance to the music and kind of lead Lead the worship, I mean the Bible talks about David dancing in front of the ark, and can you kind of picture that kind of a thing uh, it yeah a lot of it 's choreographed i mean they 're not just making it up on the spot they practice each song has a specific dance that goes with it and, and things like that um, but here too, we met with with pastors, and this was actually another another instance where a really young pastor um, got um, I think it was four or five different churches of other denominations to start meeting together and started an accountability group and a prayer group. And and so we were able to meet with them and encourage them and kind of lift him up um, so that, so that he could have more uh, leadership in that area and, um, yeah, that's, that's one of the places that we'd like to go back to and do, do pastors and wives conferences, um, which is kind of what we, in Bolivia, that's been our primary focus is meeting with pastors and wives and, and encouraging their relationships and strengthening their, their churches. Um, in Santa Cruz, um, which is kind of the, the biggest city. It's not the capital, but it's the biggest city. Um, we met with the, uh, the pastors of, um, I'm not sure what the denomination is, but the, all, all of these guys are, almost all of these guys are, are one denomination. But, uh, the organization that we're a part of is a non-denominational organization. So we, we work with whoever invites us. Um, but in this particular case, it was, but these guys are, um, very educated, uh, pastors. Um, but even, even they need help. Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing. Um, that, that's just inherent as we, we expect missionaries, we expect pastors to kind of have things together. Um, but they're human and, and so they need help too. Um, we would hang out with, this is, we thought we were just going to go over and have lunch with this pastor that invited us over and it turned into this whole day long adventure where we were out of control the whole time because we didn't know what was going on and we had lunch and then we hung out and we did this and we did that and it was it was actually it was a really cool day um but it wasn't on our schedule (laughs) which is a lot of our trips we kind of say this is what we're probably going to do but then we just see how god leads um, this is uh, so from there we went up into the mountains in the southern which seems weird to me to go south to go to the mountains but um, but we went south into the mountains and um, so this is the the town of Tarija. Um, oh one of the things i did want to point out is we we uh when we go over we try to take gifts with us whether it's uh bath and body works stuff for the ladies or it's You know, tools or hygiene products or, or whatever. We try to take stuff with us and then, and then give gifts to them. Um, just as a, as a bridge building, as a reminder that they're loved, as a, as a, you know, just kind of a thank you for having us. Um, so you'll see here, Amy's wearing a poncho. It's, it's cool. This is actually down in, in Santa Cruz, so it's relatively warm. And she's wearing a winter coat here. Um, it was, so cold in, in the mornings. So it's, you know, we left Kansas in a hundred degree weather and now we're, we're, you know, freezing weather. They have no central heat. Um, and so it is cold. The buildings hold the cold. Um, pardon? Yeah, everything's concrete. And so, in the mornings, we're bundled up in coats and we have layer after layer. I, I wore long johns. I actually took my hunting stuff with me. So I, I was actually fine, but, uh, but the rest of our team, uh, didn't, didn't layer quite so much. Um, but so because the buildings were so cold, we actually met outside, um, in, in the sunlight. So. Um so we had our our stuff outside but you'll see even outside people have coats and stocking caps and stuff on. Um one of the things that they like to do they so they always have blankets with them because it's so cold. So this was Amy styling for me, but they take the blankets and doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, they will take the blanket and they'll put it on their head. So it's a sunblock, it's kind of like wearing a ball cap, but it also keeps your head warm. Yeah it's 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 amazing. You'll be outside and you are just freezing to death, but you'll get a sunburn. It's it's crazy because because of the altitude. Um and this is the this is our the 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 whole group uh, up there in the mountains. So anyways, that this is the first time that we've been up into the mountain area of Bolivia. Um but we're really connected with with several of the couples um and that was that was really really cool. So we're looking forward. We already have this this trip scheduled again for next year as far as going back to Bolivia. Um so as far as new trips, um this is actually Isaac, um our son. Uh, each each of our um kids, we encourage them to go on a uh, international missions trip when they graduate so they can experience life outside the US and kind of understand what third world countries are like and stuff like that. He's going to be going to Southeast Asia in january um specifically he's going to be going to thailand and cambodia um he's going to be doing some church planting there he's going to be working with some some missions organizations and and things like that but if you'd uh, he's going to be leaving i think january 15th and getting back end of april beginning of may um you guys uh, if you could keep him in your your prayers and if you if you want to support him, I think we've got a, um, a newsletter that we'll, we'll leave here and we can send, send you a, send you a email copy as well if you guys want. But, uh, but we'd love, love your prayers and and support if you choose. Um, if you guys have more questions about any of our trips or what we're doing, uh, feel free to ask us after the service. Um, but today I felt led to talk about Thanksgiving because it's, Thanksgiving time, right? Let's pray real quick. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunities that you give us to be your hands and feet in every situation that we face. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you use us. Thank you that you are with us. And I just pray that you be with us this morning as we as we talk about being thankful and we, we try to apply it to our lives that you would, um, speak through me, uh, but more importantly that you would, uh, let each person that's here hear your voice and what you are speaking to them in Jesus name. So the, the topic line of this, uh, this message has actually changed several times. But, um, I kind of, I settled on the spiritual foundation of Thanksgiving. Cause if you get the foundation right, then the building will be correct. But if the foundation is wrong, it doesn't matter how nice the building is. It's not going to be secure. So today I want to focus on the foundation and then I'll let you guys build the house on it that you want to. Um, I do want to say that the messages that I share are things that I'm dealing with or I have dealt with. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say I have it together. I don't, um, I, I actually, I went through this, this last week where I was trying to be thankful. You know, because of my circumstances, I didn't feel that way, but I had to, I had to, to, to get myself to that point. And so this is, this is kind of a process that, that I'm working on. And so I'm just sharing that with you. So we say happy Thanksgiving this time of year, you know. Sent probably from the beginning, beginning of a November on, you know, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? What are your Thanksgiving plans? How was Thanksgiving? Right? We, we, we use this terminology a lot in our conversations. So, so let's just break it down, right? Happy is, is being in a good state of mind, right? You're, you're happy, you're entertained, you're, you're feeling joyful, right? Thankful is being grateful. And thanksgiving is sharing about your gratefulness. Okay? So put, put those together, right? Is you're being in a good state of mind because you are grateful. That's, that's what it actually means. But when we say happy Thanksgiving, a lot of times, even though that's the definition, what we're actually meaning when we say that is happy happiness. I hope that you have a really good weekend. I hope that all your family gets along well. I hope that you don't have any travel problems. I hope that you have plenty of food and you like the food that you're going to be eating, right? That's, that's what we actually mean when we say happy Thanksgiving. Um, and, and I think a lot of times we don't realize that. I I don't realize that. You know, I'm I'm just saying, hey, hope you have a great weekend this Thanksgiving. Um So, so what is the difference between happy happiness and and happy Thanksgiving? Well, your happiness is based on your circumstances. Okay? If you've got plenty of money in the bank, You got plenty of food to eat. Everybody in your family is getting along. You have plenty of entertainment. You're happy. You are enjoying life. Okay. But that's not what thankfulness and gratefulness are. Thankfulness and gratefulness are a state of mind. They're, they're, they're a position of your heart. Okay. It's a choice that you make. <clears throat> and it's based in joy. You have to choose joy. Okay. You also have to choose contentment. You have to choose trust. You have to choose peace. All of these things kind of tie back into thankfulness. I think of people like Johnny Erickson Tata, um, who who dove into water and hit her head and she 's paralyzed from her neck down right she's a great artist she has lots of inspirational uh stuff that's out, that's out there uh Nick uh, bufish however you pronounce his name uh, he is born with no arms, no legs absolutely phenomenal speaker highly encouraging I mean I look at their lives and i'm like. <laughs> I've got it made. I mean, seriously, can you imagine being in their position? So how is it that they can choose to be thankful? They can choose to be happy when their circumstances are horrible compared to ours, right? So if we have the choice to choose thankfulness, why don't we do it? Right? I mean, you know, if if it's as simple as just choosing to be happy, then I'm going to choose to be happy, right? It's not that simple. The Bible talks about the concerns of this life. Uh, Some translations say the concerns of this world. They steal our joy. We start out with joy, but we get concerned about what's going on in our lives, and that steals the joy that God has given us. Fear is, is, is probably the number one killer of joy and thankfulness in your life. And I'm not talking about fear of spiders or, you know, fear of the boogeyman or whatever. I'm talking like fear of public speaking, fear of getting a bad grade in school, fear that people don't understand you, fear of, you know, Whatever there's all sorts of ways that fear manifests in our lives. Concerns over our finances concerns over how are we going to provide for our family? How are we going to pay for, you know, whatever's coming up? Discontentment. How often do you find yourself wishing that you had a better phone the newest watch uh, you know a better computer a nicer car uh you know a bigger bed a uh, nicer house i mean just we do right i mean and so these are things that are first world problems you know when 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 i when i go to nepal or or bolivia or laos or one of these other countries they have the same problems but what I have is what they're already wishing for. Right? So contentment is a perspective issue. Right? You're happy with what you already have, not looking for something you don't have. <clears throat> Entertainment and happiness is huge in the West. Right? We, we, we want to always be entertained. Right? I mean, we're always looking at our phones or watching TV or doing something on the computer or watching a football game. I mean, and and entertainment is not bad in and of itself. But if you are only happy when you're entertained, then what that means is that you're just trying to escape from your reality. Right? You're using your phone or or the, the football game, or whatever it is to escape from the stuff in your life that's making you uncomfortable. And this list could go on and on and on and on and on. So what is, what's the common denominator in all of this? The common denominator is that we want to be in control. We want to choose how our life turns out. We read the story of Adam and Eve in the beginning, and, and we read that they had a choice to, to eat or not eat from one tree. They could do anything they wanted to, just don't eat from this one tree. Okay? It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, the thing with Hebrew is that the word knowledge involves action as well. Okay? So, when they had the choice, To eat of this fruit and gain the knowledge of good and evil. The action that came with that was the choice to determine what was good and evil. Okay. So what Adam and Eve were actually doing was they wanted, they didn't want God to tell them what right and wrong was. They wanted to decide what right and wrong was. Do do you see that going on in our society at all? You know, instead of taking God's word for what's right and wrong, people think that they can decide for themselves what's right and wrong. That's, that's inherent in our nature. We think that we know better than other people. You know, I mean, otherwise we wouldn't think the way that we do because we would think the other way, right? I mean, it's just, just, we think that we know it. Um, they didn't want to be submissive. They didn't want God to have control over them. And that's the way we are too. We, we, we do not like people telling us what to do. Whether it's your parents, whether it's your boss, whether it's the government, you don't want people telling you what to do. You want to be free and independent. I mean, that's what America's founded on, right? We were founded on rebellion. And, and that's all the way through our, through, through everything that we believe as Americans it really boils down to pride and self-centeredness. We want to make sure that we are the ones that call the shots. So the story of the Bible is pretty simple. God is continually calling out to people and saying, come back to me. Will you wait for me? Will you trust me? Will you allow me to change you? Will you allow me to lead you? Will you allow me to show you a better way? And the, the high points in the stories are when, when God finds somebody that's willing to submit themselves. You know, Joseph or David or, you know, all of these, these high points, you know, a prophet will, will step forward and do what needs to be done. But there's story after story after story where people choose not to. They fall away because it takes effort It takes intentionality to do this, and that's not our default. Our default is to coast, okay? The gospel story, then, is when God comes down himself, he comes to earth, and instead of telling us what to do, he says, hey, look, this is how to do it. Let me show you how to do it, because it's easier to follow something that's shown to you than something that's told to you, right? So the Bible story then changes from, hey, do this, to follow my example. And we get a bonus, right? And the bonus is that God gives the Holy Spirit to us to live in us to continually remind us of the example that Jesus showed us. Okay, For those of you that play computer games, it's the cheat code right we, we we have the answers to the test always at hand. you just have to access it. you have to choose it right in first Corinthians twelve through fourteen it talks about the gifts that that the spirit has given us okay it talks about how we're all part of one body and so so God has given us. Spiritual gifts that are designed for strengthening one another, for, for lifting one another up. Okay? And in the center of that is chapter 13. And we always hear this when it comes to, comes to weddings. Because it talks about love. Right? The context of that chapter though is spiritual gifts and how to strengthen the church. That's what the context of that chapter is. At the end of 12, it says, you know, he's he's talking about all of these spiritual gifts and how they're designed for strengthening us. And he says, even though these are great, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. I'm going to show you something that's even better than these gifts that I've given you. Okay? And so that's where chapter 13 comes in. You know, I'm sure you guys all know this. Even, you know, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and I have faith to move mountains. I mean, you guys know this. You've heard it at every single wedding you've been to, right? The key ingredient here is is the fact that love needs to motivate what you are doing. Okay. At the end of uh, chapter 13, and it says, and now these three things remain faith, hope, and love. So if you take away all of the other things and you boil it down to three things, these things are probably pretty important. So faith The the definition that we get from the Bible itself is that it's the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. What does that mean in everyday language? It means that we can have complete confidence in God. We have complete confidence that he has a good plan for us. Complete confidence that he's going to work things out in our lives. It's... It's this aspect of trust in God. Okay. Hope overlaps with that a little bit, right? Hope is a feeling of expectation and it is a desire for certain things to happen. I wish things were this way. You know, I can't wait till heaven happens. I can't wait till Christ comes back, right? We're hoping for the healing of the broken world that we live in. Once again, this is kind of a feeling of trust. We're trusting that this is gonna happen. It's, it's okay to go through these hard times because I have a hope that things are gonna be better on the other side. So, we got both of those pretty good. The problem is, the word love doesn't mean the same in English as it does in the Bible. Okay? I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my dog, I love my truck, I love my pizza, I love eating hamburgers, right? French fries and ketchup are great too. We use the word love to mean so many different things. But that's not what it means in the Bible, okay? None of those things is actually what it means in the Bible. Okay, the... The dictionary defines love as an intense feeling of deep affection, a great interest and pleasure in something. Okay, I can say that about my wife. I can say that about my pizza. So it's not a good definition when we're talking about biblical love. The Bible uses the word agape, and I'm sure you guys know this, but it's it's a self-giving love. It's, it's, it's a godly love. It's, it's a love that you can't have unless you have a relationship with God. If you are trying to love somebody and you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have agape. Okay. You have to be a Christian to have agape. Okay. It's not something that's natural. You can't decide. To love somebody in an agape way. You can't choose it. Right? It's something that's completely supernatural. Romans tells us that God showed his agape for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay? We agape other people because God first agaped us. Right, So he's setting the example for, for what this agape is. So when we come to Thanksgiving time, and we're looking at faith, hope, and love working in our lives, we need to be thankful because we're looking forward. We're, we're trusting God, and, and we're receiving this love from God and then because we are so full of the love from god the agape from god it just flows out into the stuff that we do okay so instead of trying to do nice things the point is to connect with god so that when you do things it just comes out right the 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 being in god's love is more important than what you're doing does that make sense Now remember that you can't give something to somebody else unless you have it yourself. Okay? You can't share the gospel unless you have the gospel. You can't share forgiving, forgiveness to other people unless you've learned how to forgive yourself. Okay? You can't accept, you can't give somebody love, you can't love somebody if you can't love yourself. If you can't receive that love from God. So what are the two greatest commandments? We're supposed to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we're supposed to love others as ourselves. Okay. And then Philippians kind of tacks onto this and makes things a little bit clearer. And it says, do nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. That's pretty stacked. You can't do anything for your own betterment. That's 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 not a way, good way of saying it. You you should always try to make make yourself better, and it's not that you can't have fun, but you shouldn't be taking advantage of other people in the process of doing that. Let, let's put it that way. Um, but rather in humility. That gets at the core, right? We talked about the fact that Adam and Eve didn't want to be submissive. They didn't want anybody to tell them what to do. That's, that's our natural, that is our natural state. How are we going to be humble and allow other people to tell us what to do? Right? Rather, in humility, and you can substitute the word submission, value others above yourselves. There's a lot of people that I struggle to think that they're better than me, and, and being honest, right? I need to be humble. I need to recognize that they are a child of God. I am no better than they are. Okay, I might have made better decisions in my life than they have, but that does not change my value. Okay, your value is based on the price. That was paid to buy you okay the the, the price of a trading card or a, or, or a stamp or a collector's coin is not the value of the item itself it's the value that somebody is willing to pay to purchase that. I heard some professional football player sold a Pokemon card for six hundred and some odd thousand dollars last week. i wouldn't pay that much for a Pokemon card. I might give you a buck. Maybe. Okay. So to me, the value is one dollar. But to whoever he sold that Pokemon card to, it was worth over $600,000. So the value is determined by who purchases the item. God paid the highest price possible to buy you. Your price is unmeasurable. Now what you do with your life affects The consequences in your life. But your value does not change based on the decisions you make. Just wanted to, I felt like I needed to clear that up. So rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you should look to the interests of others. So when we have agape in our lives, we put God first, We put others second and we put ourselves third. So if you just look at, look at the choices you've made this last week, heck, the choices that you've made this morning, were the choices in this order or were they in a different order? Okay. There's a lot of times I look at my life and I'm like, I'm out of order. You know, I'm putting myself too high on this list. You know, I might have God first and myself second, but that's still out of order. Right? But the truth is that we don't really want to let the Holy Spirit fill us and change us. You know? It's really nice thought. We really like the idea of the Holy Spirit filling us. The problem is that when He fills us, We have to give up control. Because you cannot be in control of your life and be full of the Holy Spirit. Those are mutually exclusive statements. Okay, The fact that you are full of the Holy Spirit means you are not in control. You have given up control. Because any place in your life that you have chosen to keep control of means the Holy Spirit is not filling that part of your life. So each heart each one of our hearts has a throne in it and it has a cross in it. So think of your, your heart like a big room. On one side there's a big throne and on the other side there's a cross. Okay. In an ideal situation, you will put yourself on the cross and you'll put God on the throne. But more often than not, We put God back on the cross and we put ourselves on the throne. Okay. It's just kind of a a visual way of, of looking at your life every morning or, or whenever you feel like things are out of whack and you say, okay, who's on the throne and who's on the cross? Okay. We're supposed to take up our cross daily and die to ourselves. We're supposed to submit ourselves to God's will every day. So this is just kind of a helpful tool. To, to just kind of think, okay, who's on the cross? Who's on the throne? The spiritual foundation of thanksgiving is in keeping God on the throne. If God is on the throne of your life, you will naturally lean towards being thankful. You'll naturally lean towards being full of joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness. Right? Those are the fruits of of having holy spirit in your life. This is the only way for us to walk in gratefulness. So I kind of shared it the uh, earlier that that this is something that I have worked out, right? So I was I was thinking about ending our conversation here, but but I feel like I'm I'm supposed to go one step further and so i I made an alternate ending to my my sermon, just in case um, this week has has not gone great in a lot of areas for me, and so which normally happens like if i'm if I 'm getting ready to do a sermon or we're getting ready to go on a missions trip or or we're doing marriage counseling or something like that, stuff goes wrong all the time. it just does This week was no exception. So, here I am sitting here talking to you guys about how you should be thankful and you should make good choices. And I'm sitting at home going, I am not very thankful right now. So what did I do? Right? What, 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 what are things that are practical? Okay? It's, it's, it's great to say, hey, put God on the throne. Put God first and everything will work out. Yeah, it's easy to say, but let's see you do it, right? So this is how I process through it, okay? The opposite of thankfulness is selfishness and self-centeredness. Okay? So when I'm, when I'm thinking about myself, when I am unhappy about my circumstances, I'm not thankful. Okay? So that, that, this is, this is how I'm thinking, okay? Because you can't be selfish and joyful at the same time. Okay? So part of being selfish and self-centered manifests itself as depression. Okay. I'm not talking clinical depression. There is, you know, if if there's a chemical imbalance in your life, that's I'm not talking about that. If you are experiencing depression that is not based on a chemical imbalance in your life, it is because you are self centered. And you're only thinking about yourself. And I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, that's just the facts. Okay? And so here I am, my life is not going perfectly, and I'm starting to get depressed. And I'm like, this is not right. What, you know, what's going on here? Right? Why, why am I allowing Satan to speak lies into my life? Okay? So, so everybody knows you can hear voices in your head, right? Or is it just me? <laughs> So there's three sources for your thoughts, okay? One is you're actually thinking about something. You're trying to problem solve, right? And then we always, we talk about God speaking to us, right? God revealing stuff to us. You're, you're getting stuff from, from the Bible, right? So that's God's voice. But you can also hear Satan telling you stuff. If you get a thought in your mind that you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Okay? That's a Satan. Satan talking. Okay. So there are times, especially when you're self-centered and, and you're getting selfish, that Satan speaks into your mind and he tries to make you think lies. Cause he speaks lies. That's his native language. Right? So you have to, you know, and so this is where we see a lot of suicides during the holidays. People get depressed because their, their lives are not working out the way they want. Right? They're, they're depressed because their circumstances aren't, aren't good. And this is, this is Satan just getting into their, getting into their minds and, and, and destroying them. And, and, and so we need to, we need to acknowledge the fact that this happens. And it doesn't just happen to people that don't walk with God. It happens to pastors. It happens to missionaries. It happens to deacons. It happens to elders. It happens to everybody. Okay. And it's okay to talk about. It's okay to share that. It's okay to get help, okay? Because a lot of these things we can't get out of by ourselves, okay? If you broke your arm, you would go to a doctor. If you didn't know a certain topic, you would go to a teacher, right? If you um, don't understand something spiritually, you'd go to your pastor. Why is it then when we talk about emotions, all of a sudden, oh, can't talk to anybody about that, Right? Those are the four areas of our life. Physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. Why can we not talk about the emotional? Right? I just encourage you, don't, don't let that, you know, if, if you are going through something emotionally, make sure you find somebody to talk to. So there's a thing called confirmation bias. Okay? There's, there's a huge area of study on this. Basically, confirmation bias boils down to, we see what we're looking for. Okay. So if th- there's, there's a lot of TV shows about this, right? There, there's a, there's a, a murder scene and the cops come up and all of the evidence is pointing towards this one guy did it. Right? Well, because they already assumed that that guy did it, they're not looking for all the other evidence. And then, you know, two hours later, you figure out that all of that was actually just wrong and it was actually this other guy that did it, right? Okay. The same thing happens. If you are looking for negative things, you will find negative things. But if you are looking for positive things, you will find positive things because that's what you're already looking for. So if you assume that somebody is well-intentioned and they do something that doesn't feel quite right, you make an excuse like, oh, it was because... They didn't understand me right. But if you think that they already have it out to get you and they do something that ticks you off, you're like, well, that's just because they're, you know, a horrible person, right? This is confirmation bias. Okay. We look up, th- we look for things to back up our beliefs and therefore we only see those things that back up what we already believe. And so we're caught in a cycle. So. I'm caught in this downward spiral, right? Things aren't going quite the way I wanted and and so I'm getting negative and stuff like that. I I intentionally started looking for silver linings. Okay? You know, I'm really thankful for this and I'm really thankful for this person and and you know, even though things aren't going well in this area, this other area is going well, and um, so one of the things I do um, <clears throat> during my devotional time is I write down something I'm thankful for every day. Every day, I try to think of something new that I'm thankful for, and I just write it down. Um, and so that's that's just something that that helps me in that area. Okay, we need to continually assume the best intentions of other people. So. When we're talking with people, when we're, when we're, when we're dealing with people, give them the benefit of the doubt. Even if they have been horrible to you the last 20 times you've, you've interacted with them, if you don't give them the benefit of the doubt, you're only going to see the horrible things they do, not the good things they do. And nobody is completely horrible. Okay? People are hurting. People make bad choices. People hurt you. Not because they're bad people, but because they have pain inside. Okay? And their pain manifests as lashing out and trying to hurt you because they don't know what to do with that pain. Okay? So the guy that cuts you off in traffic and flips you off. Okay? He's got stuff that he doesn't know how to deal with. Right? The boss that yells at you. The whatever. The person that drained your bank account and stole all your money. (laughs) You know, all of those people, they're not completely bad, right? They have good in them. You just have to look for it. You have to choose to look for it. And we need to continually seek God even when we feel like we're walking in darkness. There's times when I know God is present, but I can't feel him. I don't have the tinglys or I don't, you know, I, I just, it's like there's there's a distance. And even during those times, you have to press in. You have to keep seeking him. You have to keep going after him because eventually you're going to break through. That's where the trust and the hope come in, right? You're trusting that he's still there. You're trusting that he still loves you. You're hoping to get past this time of disconnect and reconnecting with him. So, some more scriptural things to do would be meditating on scriptures and reminding yourself of how good God is and how much he has done for you. Right? Don't assume that God has to do things for you. He's not a vending machine. If you do this, he will do this. Right? The only good things you get come from God. James tells us that all good gifts come from the father above who does not change like shifting shadows. He's the same all the time. Okay. We understand, I, I'm sure you guys have talked about grace and mercy, right? How those are different. Getting stuff that we don't deserve and not getting stuff that we do deserve, right? Singing songs of praise. It's amazing how when you're feeling down and you start singing a praise song, how that changes your emotions, Right? Pray without ceasing. This one was always weird for me. Like, am I supposed to, like, always be praying? That's kind of weird, right? But that's because we don't understand what praying is. Praying is a conversation. Praying is talking with God. It's being in a relationship with God. Okay? When you understand that praying is having a conversation... Or being present with, having a relationship with God. It makes praying without ceasing a lot easier because you're not like continually trying to have this awkward conversation in the middle of other stuff going on because that's not what it means, right? And so the final piece to this always comes back to taking your thoughts captive. Okay. No matter what's going on, Take your thoughts captive and measure them against this. Okay? Is what you are thinking, is it true? Is it something that is honorable? Is it something that is just? Is it a pure thought? Is it a lovely thought? Is it something that's commendable? Is it something that's excellent? Is it worthy of praise? Okay, If it's not, then you need to take it captive and claim it and say, this is not true. Okay, So the thing is, just recognizing that something is not true, something is a falsehood, doesn't get rid of it. It's still taking up space in your mind and your heart. You have to replace it with the truth in order to push it out. Okay, So if you are feeling bad about a certain circumstance, you have to say, okay, what is the truth in this circumstance? And when you bring that truth into your life and your mind, it pushes out the lie. Does that make sense? And so these are the steps that I went through this last week to kind of get myself out of the funk. I I was I was I was pretty deep for for a couple of days, um, and I kind of went through these steps. I kind of remembered scripture that was that was encouraging. Remembered truth, right? I I listened to praise music. I, I I was singing praise music. I was talking with God off and on, right? And then I was looking at each of the things I was thinking about, and I was I was I was weighing it to see whether it was true or not. And when you do these things it changes your attitude on, on life. And because it changes your attitudes on life, you can be full of the fruit of the Spirit. And that joy and love and peace and patience comes out. And it changes what you do with other people from, hey, I hope you have a good day, I hope you have a good weekend, to I am really grateful and I hope that you can be grateful and thankful as well.